but it's still cool just like how old you know old bars i love i love shit like that dude go i actually just read today the oldest bar in the world Mm -hmm. is in ireland yes and they can the walls have existed since 900 ad oh my god and they can trace ownership back to i think they said 1100 AD. jesus it's fucking crazy dude almost almost a thousand years they can trace owners of of one pub how are you feeling i'm good baby feel good yeah dude i feel really good i feel i'm happy to be here today real good day early a day early it's thursday it's not friday that's when we normally record (laughs) gear buds podcast episode 163 gear buds podcast my name's Henry. His name's Dave. Hey. And this is the show that we do every week. And we're doing it a day early this week because Dave's heading out of town. Skipping town. So uh, also, folks, I just before we get into it, I have to mention before I forget, Dave and I accidentally both wore matching GearBud shirts today. Our homemade GearBud shirts. With, and I don't know. I feel like I've never seen you wear that. So it's really, really? strange that like we're both wearing the same logo shirt. You on know the what? Same day. I, I definitely wore it to Nam when we brought all, oh, we yeah, brought all the of shirts. Course. But I think I had a hoodie on the whole time because it was like cold. It was that night we went out to uh, see uh, Animals as Leaders. Yeah. <laughs> dude, then we might even talk about Animals as Leaders I think today. I think I know what you're going to talk I about. I think you do. Awesome, dude. Wow. Cool. Wow. Woo, babies. On the same page already with the wardrobe and the We haven't even thoughts. gotten into the freaking symphony yet. So let's do it. Let's Here's do it. a symphony of corrections and your weekly reminder that cables are tone tubes. Thank you far and wide, near and far, near and round and round wherever for listening to this. We love y'all just like we love each other and ourselves. It's important to love ourselves as well as each other. Uh, and if you do love us, follow us on the stuff, subscribe on the stuff, email us at the stuff. If you want to talk gearboatspodcast at gmail.com, just drop us a line. Yeah. I might check it like once a week. Uh, or just shout us out on Instagram, which is where a lot of people like to talk to us, which is, uh, I got to mention, super excited. We made some new friends last week, Dave. Did we? We did. Because we talked about a, what I think is a really interesting idea from the guitarist who makes some very ah. neat guitar string jewelry. Yes. And they reached out and and like re like reposted our stuff and and we're friends now. So Dang, I kind of want those uh want the I want the uh guitar the string bracelet. Exactly. One. Just yeah. the simple one. I like that one. It's so so And I might I might get the earrings from my wife. Wife. Uh shout them out. Go check them out. Guitarist. We really like them. Guitarist with a W. Uh here we go. Let's get into some stuff. What do we got today? We got a, we've got a lot for the we've got a lot for the symphony today. I'm gonna try to move quickly. Last week, a little bit too much of a beefer. I'm gonna try not to make it a two <laughs> fucking a hour episode. One. Uh but we've got we do have a lot of stuff to talk about. So let's Great. dive in. Uh I'm sure you saw this because you sent it to me as well, Dave. Gibson and Dean have resolved their court lawsuit yeah. situation. Yeah, it's kind of up there with the the Depp Amber, uh, Amber Heard thing. Ugh, barf <laughs> everywhere. Uh, three years after it filed a multi million dollar lawsuit against Dean Gibson, uh, and it was for trademark infringement and counterfeiting specifically. Yeah. Gibson was ruled the victor in the case by a Texas federal jury. Right. So it, it, it made it all the way up to the top. That's pretty. That's pretty hard. Almost Supreme Court, folks. Uh, Gibson initially filed in May 2019, basically saying, hey, y'all stole the Flying V Explorer uh, ES and SG body shapes, the Dovewing headstock and Hummingbird name and Modern trademark. They're yeah. like, you guys stole all that shit. And uh, the, the court was like, yeah, Gibson, you're right. 
They did, but but I would consider it almost a win for for Dean. Oh, that's a big butt, my friend. Yes. It's a big old bubble big butt old because butt. Uh, they Gibson. I can't remember exactly. They were going for like millions. It was of millions, dollars, dude. Yeah, and the court was like, "Yeah, Gibson, you win, but." You get four thousand dollars, <laughs> which is like they're like for right. quote counterfeiting statutory damages. Yeah, I'm okay with the way this worked out for sure, man. Because Dean has yeah. been close to my heart, and you know they're and, kind of the little guys. And you know here. how we feel about Gibby. I honestly, it's this is a pretty funny one where it's like, bo- have you seen that meme where it's like a, a few different cells of the same guy? He's like celebrating super hard. He's like biting the Olympic medal, pouring a champagne bottle yeah. over his head, all that sort of stuff. And then at the end, you see that he's celebrating at like the 20th place. Right. Like he's celebrating a yep. victory. That's kind of the situation that's happening right now it because is. both Gibson and Dean are claiming victory here. It's uh, a win-win. Gibson saying because the court chose the the you know the outcome but then dean saying because uh look at how much money they actually yeah, charged us for this bankrupt our company thank right. you yeah it's basically the court was like yeah you're right but also you took way too long to bring this up so right. get fucked now what has this actually done to dean's designs and stuff like that i mean they obviously since the lawsuit haven't been able to oh yeah i mean they're but the, these go back to like early deans like 80s stuff yeah like, it's like they're just they've they've all sort of tweaked no one makes a direct flying v unless it's like someone working with gibson these right. days i mean there are a few but that's more just like hand builders not like companies companies yeah. all sort of have had to tweak and do the mm-hmm. jackson offset v in right. whatever form so I, they, I, I don't know it, it all seems so weird to me but that and that's sort of what the, the stance the court took to is like yeah they haven't been doing this for a while so yeah. you should just chill out right and uh but the, the verdict could i did i did read about some folks saying that the verdict could also have some larger implications for other companies with similar outlines to gibson such as heritage guitars and kiesel oh because heritage do make some pretty they look pretty close yeah i follow the headstocks are a lot different and i know that those folks they're I, great guys great but, great guitars yeah and but they you know they they're still made in the Kalamazoo factory where the original guitars were made and they look like them. So people are like, uh Oh, hopefully uh, that's the same deal where they can sue and get them to maybe tweak the design, but, but they're they, not under, they won't put them under business. The out of business. Or anything no, like no, no, not, okay. well, not, not yet. yet. Okay. Oh, actually I lied. They are currently in the midst of trademark disputes with oh, both those companies. Shit. Yeah, they do. might have a little harder time to get mm-hmm. out of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll keep you posted folks. This is exciting. Don't know if you saw this either, Dave, but Taylor Guitars has announced a new CEO. Oh, really? Bob Taylor himself has stepped down. Bob Taylor and Kurt Listig, the they were the two dudes who ran the show for a long time. Bob Taylor, obviously, being the namesake. Uh, they will step back from their roles as president and CEO, although they will remain as senior advisors. Okay. Stepping in is Andy Powers, who anyone who knows who he is or has met him knows that the dude is a freaking amazing superstar genius, and there's no one in the world that could do a better job at it. So I'm very excited. Cool. About it. I mean, the guy, not the big deal about it, I think, is that Bob Taylor obviously built guitars and is a guitar builder and they wanted to keep leadership in the hands of someone who not only is a great businessman and smart person and designer or whatever but is a guitar builder and andy powers is known for being that's important an amazing yeah. guitar builder chief has been chief guitar designer blah 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 all it's good to know they didn't time. just throw somebody in the in the seat like no i mean he himself is responsible for developing their v-class bracing which is a huge deal as well as the grand pacific and grand theater by shape so like the, it's he's been doing it for a long time i've been lucky enough to meet all of the above and they're that's all cool. amazing people so it's 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 pretty exciting that that taylor guitars is in just the perfect hands i will say this about taylor i saw something the other day it What'd was an advertisement for a watch that taylor makes a wristwatch 
Oh, wristwatch. It's a good looking wristwatch. It was a good looking wristwatch. Real good looking. Uh oh. Mm-hmm. I have to take a look at that. You should. I do still. I do still own a Taylor. I, don't, I, I was going to say a Taylor too, but I think I'm down to just the one these days. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you have the, the uh, nylon the classical. Yeah, that's the right. Very cool. So excited! Excited for those folks. Things are happening. Also, just a reminder. I don't know if you remember this. We talked about it before, but get, t- uh, Taylor is a con- an entirely employee owned company. They, that's they, cool. they moved to that in 2021. Wow. So love to see that. I love that. Uh, what are we going to talk about here? Uh, yeah, don't really care about that. Um, but we do have to end on a slightly sad note because we did lose an important figure in the music year world this week. Uh, Dave Smith, uh, the, um, best known as the, the man who started sequential circuits, uh, passed away this oh. week. Um, I read on the website itself. So on sequential.com, they had a message that said, we're heartbroken, but take some small solace and knowing he was on the road during doing what he loved best in the company of family, friends, and artists. If you'd like to share your thoughts and memories of Dave, please reach out. Remembering Dave at sequential.com. So if you, if you happen to have a personal memory with him, they would like to have you reach out, email that again, remembering Dave at sequential.com. Um, just if you don't know who he is, I thought I'd give a little, just a little bit of a rundown. I mean, he's kind of known as the father of MIDI, so one, wow. one, a pretty amazing thing to have uh, <laughs> pretty on your big resume. Yeah. Uh, but not only that, he designed the Prophet Five, which I mean, uh, it was the world's first fully programmable analog polyphonic synth. Sick. And if you've ever heard, for instance, like the Kid A album by yeah. Radiohead, and like thousands of songs from the eighties and beyond that's you're familiar the, with that synthesizer. Tone, yeah. Um, and it was, Oh, it was, I also wrote it's the first instrument with an embedded microprocessor. Didn't know that until a couple days ago. Uh, in 1981, uh, Smith and sequential engineer Chet Wood designed a basic MIDI interface and then consulted keyboard manufacturers, including Roland founder, uh, Ikutaro Kakahashi. And, uh, they together per- presented the idea of a universal sort of communication standard for synths, And that's how uh, we got, MIDI. That's um, sick. Man. And then Yamaha, I didn't realize this. Yamaha had acquired sequ- sequential back all the way in 1987. So then he went on to consult for a bunch of synth companies, launched Dave Smith instruments in 2002, which made some pretty fucking cool pedals as well at the time, oh, shit. Um, which were branded as sequential in 2015 when Yamaha returned the company name. Hmm. So yeah, rest in peace, Dave Smith. Wow. Have you ever had a profit or been fortunate enough to play them? oh i've played played the heck out of them but i have unfortunately uh, oh no i i owned the uh i did i had the sequential circuits uh six track okay synthesizer which was fucking awesome i it had some i it had some tuning issues and i yeah. so like on its own I, it was maybe my favorite synthesizer i've yeah. ever actually owned but they have but like any time pitch thing right yeah and i would and i would tune it but it would still i don't know i had some yeah. issues with it so i wound up getting it repaired and just parted ways with it but i do miss it now i mean i see i i got a good a good deal when i sold it and especially when i bought it but um now of course they're worth probably like triple of oh, what yeah. i had sold it for at the time yeah. so i want to hear these uh dave smith pedals yeah uh there was it was like what was it called the um were they like synthy type pedals? You know what? I might be. I might have. I might have mixed because he worked with Roger Lynn. I'm, I may, might be thinking of Roger Lynn guitar pedals. I mean, I need okay. to throw that in the symphony next week. All right. Um, we'll have our team look into it. Yeah. If you if you think if you hear this, folks, before the t- <laughs> before we get to next week, let us know. And that said, that has been the symphony, which means get out your freaking notes, Dave. Oh, dude. Because we got a good one today. It's time, it's time, it's time for Dave's Docs, it's time for Dave's Docs, Dave's Docs. What 
do we have today? That's great. I, I don't think so. I feel like that Dave's that. docs could have like a cool like echo on it. Oh, like I just, I literally just use the exact same echo every <laughs> single week. So what it is is what it is. Uh, I've been seeing this ads for this doc everywhere. I think I even asked you if you've heard of this band called The Matches. You did and I do not. Okay. I did not. Very cool. I, I had not. never heard of them either. But the movie is called Bleeding Audio. Just came out in 2022. Just came out like couple days ago a couple days ago hot off the press hot folks. off the press uh, i had to purchase it on amazon that's the Uh-oh. only place i could find it. and itunes and all that but you were stuff. so intrigued you just had to do it yeah i really did man and it was i fucking loved it because i felt like i was watching a film about a band that i had no idea like who they were uh-huh. but what an impact they actually had on music and and recording and just kind of like the west coast early 2000s kind of like i guess it's like the post-punk kind of emo scene okay. in a way. All right, a little bit dude, of screamo. T- I'm super excited. Teach us. Tell us things. Major cult following for this band, for sure. So that, I mean, I guess that kind of goes without saying. But they're from Oakland. Uh, their original name was The Locals. And they their first gig ever was they uh so they were playing as like high school kids, I'm guessing. Like and this is, you age. said like early 2000s? Yeah, so this is like, geez, I think I made some notes. Uh, it was like, yeah, 2002, maybe even 2000. Okay. Um. So they played this gig, and and this is pretty crazy. Bosnia was having like a civil war, and one of their fathers worked for like this charity organization. Was like, we need a band to come play. So their first gig ever was like this like Bosnian post civil war charity event. Shit, and it was fucking this huge like festival thing. So that was pretty kick ass. They came back and they're like, all right, maybe we should actually be like a real band mm-hmm. and start doing this shit. They started this thing, and you may have heard of this um, called Loud Live and Local or AKA it was called L3 hmm. and L3 is where like, like plain white tees got their start playing over really? there. Um, just like tons of bands from like that kind of era, mm-hmm. like that early two thousands, like before that, you know, they were a Chicago band, but like right. they went to, went to Oakland and like kind of got into this circuit of, and what it was, was it was one of the first online streaming things before YouTube or anything like that, where they would play and somehow stream it, and you you could watch it from your computer. Wow! They interviewed the guy who put it all together, and it was pretty badass. Um, so they were kind of ahead of the curve on that. Their followers, so they started doing like this weekly thing where they would just do that show, and it started with like forty people, and in one month, because of doing the show, they had like four hundred people at their gigs, and but just at this specific Insane. venue. Insane. So that was kind of badass. And so then, it's a venue, and then but they stream it from it's the a venue. venue, and they stream it from the venue. So they have you know cameras all hmm. set up and stuff. Um, so they recorded a super low budget album with this guy named Matt Rad, mm-hmm. who ended up working with like Demi Lovato and the Hives. But this is like before he was ever oh, wow. anybody. Um, it was like a super low budget recording, you know, fucking like with like washing machines around and just like some Matt dingy Rad, basement. That's sick. Such a great name. Uh, oh, um, that's Matt Sick. Matt Sick, dude. Uh, they ended up having to change their name from the locals. Because uh, there was a band from Chicago called Yvonne Dahl and the Locals, and they wrote them a cease and desist letter, and we're like, "You have to stop using our band name." And they're like, "All right," so they changed it to um, to the Matches. They just like that name. Uh-huh. They thought it was good, but their uh, first album was called Yvonne Dahl Killed the Locals, and they spelled it different, so they wouldn't get sued. Uh, that was kind of That's fun. a real Leonard Skinner situation yeah. right there. So they kind of got discovered by the uh, manager of Real Big Fish. Uh, they went on the tour. They uh-huh. went on the road with them like immediately. So that was kind of badass. Yeah. Their whole thing was they're like really, really high energy band. Like they would rehearse the way they would play shows, like jumping like, around, practice jumping around shit. in the rehearsal space, like just to see if you can do that solo hey, while you practice like, like you play running right? around. I mean, it's it's fucking. I would say one of the highest energy bands like 
that I've seen. And it's play. a sort of, you said it's sort of like a post-punky kind of post-punky kind of like Jimmy at world sound, uh, you know, with like a little bit of screamy vocals. Uh, some of the songs get a little more like blink One Eighty Two, like uh-huh. green day type stuff. Do you, know? do you like it? I liked it. Yeah. yeah. I could see myself getting into it. Uh, absolutely. Okay. Especially like the early. Did show. you recognize any songs that were played or anything? I like did that? not recognize one song. That's wild. Yeah. So, I don't know that I would. I, I don't, rem- I don't, the name rings no bells when you say it. Yeah. Yeah, it's. You would uh, think I would have at least seen it like. This I, is, I remember seeing it at like a record store or like or something one. Like that. Yeah, one. I, I mean, even like some of the music videos and stuff. Like, yeah. I was like, I've never seen this video before, but it, you know, you go on and it's got millions of views. And I'm like, okay, huh. so, um, they so they did that album. That album got them. I think it got them signed or something like that. But then they went to, uh, this was kind of cool. They, their second album, they were one of the first rock bands ever to record. They looked at it like this. We can't afford to have like uh, a really awesome producer produce this entire album. So we'll get like 12 awesome producers or like famous people like Mark Hoppus, Nick Hexum from 311, uh, someone in Goldfinger. To each do a song. Each do a song. So it's this hodgepodge of like different ways of production. And they actually learned a lot about being in the studio because it's like, hey, some guys wanted to do it completely live. Mm -hmm. Some guys were like, let's take each note of a chord and record them individually and make a chord that way. Like... So there's just that whole gamut of like how you can really, you know, uh, approach recording, which I thought was fucking badass. That is badass. So nonstop fucking touring. They're just one of these bands. They, you know, they go all over the country, all over the world, non-fucking stop, you know, and they're just not making much money. Mm -hmm. They're kind of like, you know, the label's paying them enough. They get like, you know, what is it? A few $10 a day a piece or something like that. Well, per diem to eat some tackle. When they said it was crazy because they're being scouted by these record labels. So like one day they'll be sleeping in a van and the next day they're staying at like, you know, the fucking the Ritz. The Ritz. Yeah, dude. Getting like, you know, steak dinners and all this shit. Yeah. So they said it was kind of a kind of a mind fuck. It's a bit of a roller coaster. It was. Um, so let me just see. Because I took way too many notes again. Again. Um, okay. So we'll get to kind of. I don't want to Give me some little juice. I don't want to go as long as I went last time. But this is fucked up. So they had four albums worth of songs that were never registered to BMI. Uh-huh. So with all this touring and all these people that are buying their records and fucking downloading their songs, they only had four songs that were ever registered. And it was like their manager like totally fucked them over. He didn't take money either. So he just didn't, he didn't, they didn't know? They never put them in the fucking. In the registered. In the registered. Yeah, dude, I get it. I get I still get a stupid little check for ASCAP. Oh my God. I mean, it's the first thing you do. Yeah. You know, so, and this is before Spotify and all that when it it registers for you. So they basically made zero money on any of their songs. Like they, that was like the money they made was from touring. And obviously they spent that on touring or putting them back into the band. And then they come home and they're like, we're still living like with our parents and shit. Like it was fucking, it's a pretty crazy story. That's sad. Yeah, it kind of is. Uh, in 20, but in 2014, they get back together. They do a reunion. Okay. Show. So they broke up. They broke up. Yeah. I think at like 20, like 2009 or something mm-hmm. like that. So they went hard for like 10 years. Yeah. Um, and then they're like, all right, fuck this. You know, I think the bass player left. And then they're like, this just isn't, they tried to replace them. And they're like, this is, isn't the same band anymore. Cause they were just four guys, super tight band on stage. Just wasn't the same. So they're like, fuck this. Let's, you know, let's, let's move on. 2014, they get back together. Spoiler alert, I guess in the movie, but like they sell out like one show. Then they're like, well, let's do another night. They sell that out. So they're like, let's go to another venue next week. Sell that out. So then they just end up doing a tour again making their money. Hmm. They, I'm sure their songs are registered by now and all yeah, that stuff. I would hope but, so. you know, so they recouped some of the losses, but 
it was uh i would honestly say it's it's a documentary of the hardest working band that like never got paid in my opinion damn yeah and i've seen a lot of you've seen a lot of them tell me uh talk talk to me about some a little bit of the gears decent uh, gear what spots do we got? i saw some early 2000s orange amps which was kind of dude cool. i was gonna fucking guess that yep. they played orange amps that is yep. like that is what you which is so like that of era. that era and stuff i think it's also because you said afi t- and i'm and i in my mind i think of orange amps with yeah AFI i mean too. yeah and i think of like oh god i mean there's just you know that was the all thing, those then. screamo bands yeah and fucking orange amps and shit uh les paul studio um Oh, there's the the lead guitar player is fucking insane, dude. It's I forget his name and I apologize, but uh, he's playing. He plays one Gibson double cut with humbuckers through like their entire career. It's just this red Gibson double cut, uh-huh. and it's like his only guitar, and it's thrashed by the end of this movie. And he's playing it at the reunion show, and it's just like the whole top is just missing all the paint. It's That's fucking pretty awesome. awesome, dude. I, I always like loved that about like, man, what if you just played one guitar forever, and just yeah. like how how badass that would be. So this guy did. Um, the lead singer had like, at one point he had like this old K or Silvertone, kind of like half acoustic thing with like the little shitty pickup in it, mm. you know, which I, I always liked those. Uh, Fender Jazz Bass for the bass player. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, I felt like I was watching a movie about a band that I'd never heard of, which is what it yeah. basically was. But I had, so I have no attachment to this band whatsoever. Right. And I was like, I was like rooting for these guys, like through the movie. They, they did a really good job telling the story, mm-hmm. but then bringing it to modern time and being like, here's where they all are now. You know, they're all being interviewed throughout the whole thing, like in their modern bodies. Do you feel so? You would have been. Do you, you feel you would have been a fan of them at the at that time? Absolutely, yeah. And I, I think you know, I think they were really big in that Oakland West Coast mm-hmm. scene. I mean, you're talking about like Rancid. You're talking about Badfinger and mm-hmm. shit like that. So, you know, I think uh, skater music. Yeah, I wonder totally if they ever had a song in, in a Tony Hawk uh, game or maybe a skate game. Well, if they did, they didn't get paid for it at the time. Fuck. So, yeah, it's fucking crazy, right? Um, yeah, so they all fucking, you know, it, it, it basically ended up working out at the end. Um, it was a great story. I can't recommend it enough. Honestly, just as a film, watching it, I, I'm always like, I always want to watch stuff where I know about the band. I know these guys. Mm-hmm. I can really like relate to the songs and shit. We did Rush last week, obviously. Sure we, did. We're, we're fans of Rush, but like, this is like, I was like, let's give it a chance. I saw the trailer for it. It looked fucking awesome. So, keeping it fresh. I love that. Yeah, so check out Bleeding Audio about the matches. Uh, it just came out. You can buy it or rent it. Uh, if you prefer, on Amazon or iTunes and all those great all places. Those spots. I gave it a eight and a half out of ten warm hearts. Oh, it just wh- gave me a warm heart. Watch just gave you a warm heart. It was that's, a nice. It was a nice, nice film. That's nice to hear that you get you get a little the you get a little uh, you you get a po- just like you. It's been a positive experience for you yes because of dave dave's docs like dave's docs brought something it back did. to you. dave's docs has given so much to the world and now dave's docs is actually giving, giving back, back to yeah you. it is man so i think you would like it i think uh i think our listeners would definitely enjoy oh, it thanks dave leading audio that was a great one i i love i i i just yeah i i it's rare this sounds arrogant but it's rare that especially from that era there was like a big band that i just hadn't heard of so it's yeah. strange to me that this is like all happening i was thinking about it and i was like i was more on the east coast thing because i liked brand new taking back sunday like those kind mm-hmm. of you know and they were all like new york new jersey guys yeah. or whatever so i think i don't i don't know if that really makes a difference but like, kind of like when you hear one you kind of like link up all the bands that you've heard from that region sometimes um but i'm, I'm shocked i've never heard of these guys <laughs> crazy crazy what are you gonna do what are you we're gonna talk about it in dave's docs that's <laughs> exactly. what you're gonna do let's talk about some future gear we've got a lot of stuff uh and it's kind of scattered because we're in the midst of the lead up to nam right now so in yeah, fact there's like weekend, right? a lot of uh 
things that uh, like we've had in the hopper that we couldn't talk about that now we can and because this isn't going to be coming out until next week. And so it's but there's also a lot of things that just haven't even been fully announced yet. So yeah. we'll, we'll do the best that we can, folks. There will have to be some follow up. Oh, week yeah, because there's going to be so much more shit. But the first thing that we're going to talk about is because it was the latest to press. Dan Liu, a uh, former guest and our good friend, sent it to me six minutes before you got here, a link. And that link was, was actually an Instagram post uh, made by Ernie Ball Guitars. And uh, this is going to go back to that Animals as Leaders uh, mention that yeah. you mentioned earlier. Because, and this is, we got to talk about it. Ernie Ball has released the Kaizen, which is a Tosin Abasi signature seven string. Very interesting. Uh, he... Tosin has his own brand. That's what I thought. <laughs> a bossy concepts. And and Dan Liu also happens to own one of those very guitars. Very cool fucking guitars. They're very cool guitars. So I, they, I don't, this I don't is know. a big deal for, I mean, for I've had time to process it. It's well, he's had other signature guitars right. and then he was like, you know what? But I mean, to have a major distributor like that. And now know. Ernie ball is, but it's, it's, he still has his own guitars and they look different than this. Like this looks like a, do you think he still makes his, like he still does. Has, okay. Absolutely. So they're exists. also, they're also exhibiting at NAM and releasing new stuff. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. So that's it's the, that's weird that it's called the Kaizen mm-hmm. seven string. It's got, Sort of weird looking banjo tuners on the front, but like you know, not normal banjo tuners where it's on the back of the headstock, it's on the front of the headstock, mm-hmm. and it's a seven string, uh, uh, which you know, of Natch. course, it looks like to me a sort of more extreme Albert Lee mm-hmm. body shape. So they kept with that Ernie Ball brand kind of on it, sure did. Uh, it's it's a multi scale fan fret. I don't know that I've seen that from Ernie Ball previously, unless I, it was I some have sort not. of custom, yeah. Um, but dude, I just does. Does is it must the theory must be that the rising tide raises all ships? So it's like if more people know about him because of Ernie Ball, then maybe they'll buy his guitars. Sure, but I just I don't know. I, it's it's so strange to me because it seems I'm sure it's a fucking awesome guitar. Ernie, Ernie Ball makes incredible instruments. Right. Tosin is an incredible one of the greatest guitar players on planet Earth. It's just it kind of befuddles me as a gear industry person to wrap my head around the motivation behind this yeah i mean um well i think that most importantly it gets it gets the word out maybe a more affordable guitar for people i didn't see the price i didn't either but i don't think it it, do, it did not look like a cheap guitar those to toasting looked, guitars though are real pricey aren't they i would i would bet that this guitar costs as much or more okay yeah oh okay that would i don't know i yeah. don't know but that would be my assumption well it's a signature through a major brand though so you're like all right and it specifically it says like it didn't say like tosin abasi signature i believe the language said something like in partnership with Tosin Abasi oh, or something even, like that. That's even weird. But it is the Kaizen Tosin Abasi wow. seven string. That's interesting. I wonder how much he had to do being a you know a guitar builder. I guess you could call him. I'm sure a lot. He must have had a lot to say yeah, about it. Right. So we'll see. I don't know. I, that a little, a little drama for the guitar world. It's a crazy out. looking guitar too, man. Like I, I love mean, it. Yeah. I think it's sick. If you're looking for that super modern seven string thing, and it's you know it's got and it's actually got a, a vibrato bar, the wang bar on there too, so you can do some dive. I'm bombs. surprised you don't have a fan fret guitar. I don't. I've played a lot of them, and I've never they're played fine. Uh, it's just I don't. I just like plain old Gibsons. Yeah. That's that's you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's tastes have changed. That's pretty much yeah. all I want to do these days. I, I Dan Liu has also speaking of him a lot has had my seven string for years at this point, and I don't really care. Yeah, really so right. whatever. <laughs> Here we go. Let's keep it moving along. This is another thing that you sent me uh, providing the, the content this week because uh, it's kind of exciting, I would say, for us podcast slash gear nerd folks that Focusrite has announced some new 
podcast-centric interfaces called the Vocaster 1 and the Vocaster 2. They're cute. They are cute. They're like little hockey pucks they're or little, something. They're a little, yeah. yeah, they're sort of like, uh, I don't know, they're spread, yeah, they're smushed out a little yeah. bit. Uh, but they have a handful of features aimed at making the lives of podcast hosts and streamers, I might add, much easier. Uh, this is kind of fun. And so there's the one and the two. Yep. The one has like one preamp and microphone you know, input and the, uh, the two has two. I think that's kind of like the, the main difference Clever. or the only difference there. <laughs> uh, and uh, oh, also two headphone outputs. So yes, which is smart, frankly. Um, but basically, yeah, it's one of everything or two of everything. But uh, the ins and outs are also labeled as host and guest rather than one and that's two. That's funny. Which that's is like cool. they're really they're really making it. It's really aimed you. at the uh, podcasters for sure. Especially, they've got some smart features actually that, you know, if I wasn't so anal retentive, I would be into, but I like to have manual control over things. Mm-hmm. But they do have auto gain and enhance, which are set, uh, for setting your levels and make your voice sound clearer. If you're, you know, if you have no interest in using compression and an equalizer, they cool. kind of automatically do that for you. Uh, there's a mute button. There's also loopback, which is nice because that allows you to queue up and stream your pre-recorded audio segments and get that shit mm. all set up. Uh, pretty awesome. Also comes with their own software suite, some proprietary thing that allows you to edit and mix and do whatever with your show. And then and don't they have the, the they web. have the bundle too with the microphone as they well? They do. So there's yeah. the Vocaster One and then the Vocaster One Studio. Uh, the Studio includes like headphones and mics and stuff that you need to like actually make the show get the show on the road. Vocaster One is two hundred bucks. Vocaster One Studio three hundred, and then the two is just you know just the two is three hundred. The two Studio is five hundred. Okay. So slightly yeah. steps it up. You get more stuff and nice. whatnot. But um, I, love I think it, they're going to sell the shit out of those. Yeah. They're available order to order right now. Great. They're gonna they're gonna like because the world needs more podcasts so <laughs> let's make it easier for us folks yeah they also announced the claret plus octopre oh i don't think i saw this which uh i'm i'm kind of interested in in perhaps it would be a direct replacement for the eight channels of focus rate i've got down there right now sure uh it's same deal it's eight eight high quality mic preamps or line ins and outs, uh, which you can set to go to ADAT to any of your uh, ADAT equipped interfaces, which is how I've got mine set up. And they said that it's a huge upgrade to the ADDA converter chips as well as uh, the preamps themselves. So it was really about making things super clean and high fidelity and high headroom and all that sort of stuff. Right. Perfect if you wanted to expand your rig to record drums or, you know, well, like uh, I could add it to the 1820 that I have, and that's I get eight more channels. You though. get eight more channels yeah, of baby. much higher quality conversion right. and preamps than what even are in the interface right now. So it's, <laughs> um, nice. a lot of people love these things. I, I mean, the, the previous series, at least I own it myself. They're, they're great. It also comes with a huge amount of software, which is pretty nice. It's called the Hitmaker Expansion. Bundle. Oh, really? Uh, you get. Uh, stuff that helps you make vocal studio quality vocals, guitars, keys, drums, whatever. It's let's see, you get uh, soft tube Marshall Silver Jubilee twenty five fifty five. That's the same one that's in the Universal Audio stuff. Great guitar amp. Cool. Uh, and Terry's Auto Tune, uh, Brainworks Oberhausen, and Addictive Keys, Addictive Drums too. So you get keyboards, synthesizers, guitar preamps, whatever, blah blah blah. All the stuff that you need basically, and uh, it just comes with for free. And then also it gets you into this Focusrite plugin collective which allows you to get a new plugin and exclusive offers from a new partner every few months. Didn't know about that. So I like that's that. kind of cool. Nice. Uh, it is currently available as well uh, with a U.S. map of $7.99. It's fair. It's 100, 100 bucks a channel. Yeah, I mean, you can't go wrong. That's how you do it. Yeah. I, you know, uh, 
I don't, I, I, I want to do it be, just because I like having the newest best thing, but it's, I'm also like, damn, I don't, I don't ever record 16 channels at once. Yeah. So why the fuck anymore? No so why, why am I going to do that? Right. But if you do have use for that folks, I would recommend it for based on my previous experience. What else do we got here? Oh, this one's interesting because we were talking about this, uh, sort of general concept a lot recently. And that is, uh, the amp in a box deal. Okay. And by amp in a box, I mean amp in a pedal that you have on the floor. So sure. you've probably seen this one before. Uh, it is made by Blue G- Guitar, Blue Guitar. Uh, it's called. It was. I don't remember what the original one was called, but this new one is called the Amp X, and it's and it's Thomas Blue, who's this like famous session guitar player dude. We actually saw it. Uh, we saw this at the NAM that we went to. So basically, they teased this at the NAM that you and I and Dan went to mm-hmm. uh, back in 2020, I guess that year yeah. was. And then now it's actually finally coming out and okay. being like fully released at this NAM. Okay. Uh, but basically, they claim, and it's a German company, the German ma- manufacturer claims it is, quote, the first amp ever that can reproduce entire amplifier designs using full analog quality and delivering real tube tone and feel. What does that mean, Dave? It means that you can get down real deep into the sort of inner workings of the circuitry of the pedal and change things around via software. Although it's all analog, you can control this digitally. And really, like they they basically talk about it in sort of like soldering terms. Like you can like move like soldering points around and move capacitors and shit like to that sort of. I'm sure it's not as complicated as that, but that's kind of how they talk about it. Um, They say that the key is this uh, nanotube technology that they have, which are these sort of like little baby tubes. Uh, Oh, the Amp One. That was what the original one is is called. This is the Amp X. Um, So they've used this to create a flexible, programmable pedal board amp that can recreate classic circuits using analog parameters without vintage components. Of course, it's all new stuff. Um, And direct it to an onboard and this pedal valve based 100 watt power amp so there is a 100 watt power amp as well built into this thing but two base again these nano so you can right? run it to a sp- extension speaker basically. oh you can run it to a you a half stack baby and blow Shit. the fucking doors off your place that's it's cool. real loud 100 watts of that is gonna be oh yeah for that. so um and also so not only that it's got all this like crazy tone shaping you can go from real clean to real heavy and mm-hmm. try to get to the you know clone type sounds of many different types of amps sure but not only that it also has a bunch of analog effects built on too not digital processing analog effects built in it's got um compressor boost overdrive fuzz and tremolo and then as well as a digital effects bank which is where you're going to have your stereo chorus phaser flanger univibe delay and reverbs all controlled by a 16 core processor in this thing Damn, dude, this is a crazy piece of machinery. It's freaking fancy, dude. It does dynamic impulse responses for all the cabinet modeling stuff. So it, it does all the stuff that we've been talking yeah, about last week with right. these amps, these amps and pedals. But it's it's like to the nth degree. It's it's larger. It's, it's yeah. wider. I think okay. it had six uh, foot switches, which are like not normal stompy foot switches. They're, they're like blue illuminated fancy rectangle switches. Ah. Um, but another cool thing that I want to mention about this and that um, is super fucking neat and I haven't seen this before. So basically, I don't think I actually, yeah, I didn't I didn't put it in the notes here. But you like the front panel, when you look at it, it's got, I don't know, say like nine or ten knobs in a row like you'd mm-hmm. see on a normal amplifier. Sure. So you think, oh, there, there's pretty decent amount of control right there. But then on top, there's a flap. And then you lift the flap up and you reveal, uh, they, they're called X controls, which then you can like 
really get into deep parameters with a bunch more controls. With like EQ type stuff? Oh, all sorts of stuff, dude. Really? You can really tweak all sorts of in-depth kind of stuff. So like not only, yeah, the EQ is all there like yeah. on the main strip, but then you flip it up and then it's like in another layer underneath of depth that you can tweak on every single parameter. So Holy shit, man. I haven't seen that before. I've never um, heard of anything that like this on the market. Yeah, it's, it is, I think it's going, it's try, it's aiming to be the sort of like the top fanciest version of this floor unit base but again it's not it's built around analog it's right. like it's it's real capacitors and resistors yes. it's not ics but that you can actually change within the software as well you can There's really go super deep on and it and, and obviously i haven't had it in front of me yet but from the what i've read into the internet the video that i watched on, on the old interweb yeah i'm i'm kind of kind of super excited to get my hands on one and try it and see if, if it i mean does that's what it looks like that's it just if it's if it's as great as it sounds that's just going to do away with ever needing anything ever again in a way if unless you you're can, a purist like we are but i mean i you know. dude i you're right i am a purist but if this thing sounds awesome and it does everything and i can just and have you it can on tweak the floor it. so if you get bored with one tone you can start fucking with other i ones. i there's no part of me that would be upset if it if it does all <laughs> if, because again it's like it's designed to do the direct thing and sound awesome yeah. going to the front of the house or going to your recorder right. or your interface whatever but also it has a freaking 100 watt yeah. nano 2 based amp that's so you can crazy, still dude. blast your cabs that's, that's exactly like it's amazing. It just it would go everywhere with you. It would. So wow. I mean, again, there are a lot of a lot of entrance into the space right now. It feels like kind of the next big. This is some push. technology that nobody's really come out with yet. It seems and like. and I wanna and I wanna play it. What uh? How are the sound clips on the on the? Oh, it sounds demo? great. Sounds, sounds awesome. Real good. Yeah, yeah. And I've tried the again this the as I discovered in my notes the amp one, mm -hmm. which is sort of more scaled down original version of this. Now this amp X is like let's let's blow this thing yeah this up. is a game changer uh and the and again the first one the amp one sounded and sounded and felt really good so damn dude um yeah the, the, the revolution continues i'm sure you can play bass through it as well that's a really good point uh i would have to imagine have yeah to you'd have to think Just, i i didn't i didn't get to that uh yeah. i didn't find anything about that also the website their website is in german so you have to like translate uh, it to english and, and so it's not exactly yeah, what you're right, looking at right. you're trying to find i couldn't find any information about price and okay. it just says coming 2022 right now okay uh so oh we're halfway through it so it won't be long now we're living on that prayer too so and but the point is as i made before they first teased it at the nam we were at two and a half years ago yeah. so hopefully that they've they've Spent, been able to spend the past couple of years really locking Tweaking this thing in, in and yeah. making it uh, as awesome as we think Jeez, it might be. Jeez, man, that's that's mind-bending stuff right there. Blue Guitar Amp X. I love it. Uh, what else can we buy? Oh, you know what? There's um, two more things that I want to mention. And this first one is kind of cute because I missed this, but I guess back in April, Hercules, like Hercules stands. Yeah. Big long. supporter. They launched. Well, that's funny. You should you should mention that they they like to support your instruments too. Uh, they launched Saved by Hercules, a campaign designed to educate players on the dangers of instrument damage that can be caused by inferior stands. This is real. What they vowed to give away one hundred of their quote coveted stands. This is from the press release. That's cute. To musicians whose instruments have fallen victim to stand damage. If you can share your damaged instrument story, and if you go to, it's like the Hercules website, yeah. uh, Saved by Hercules, something like that, just toss that in the gooks. Uh, 
if you share your damage instrument story, you can stand to win. They've already given out a handful of them, but you can stand to win a Her- free Hercules stand if you have a, a verifiable, you know, bad stand story. Right. And with another brand, not one of theirs, right? Of or course. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Right. Because, I mean, you wouldn't have a bad stand story not with, with, Hercules. With, Her- with Hercules. <laughs> Dave, I want to ask you, have you ever had any stand damage? I, I do. You know, I hate to admit this, man, um, but on the back of my 62P base, there is a... I guess you a faint black stripe from when it was just sitting on like foam, you know, against that foam from like a pro stand, uh-huh. you know, a pro line stand or one of those cheaper ones. Yeah. And so is that the kind of stuff they're That's talking exactly about? That's exactly what they're talking about. Yeah, man. Um, I hate to admit it. It's it. I can wear it off kind of with my hand by now, but it was from years and years ago mm-hmm. when I just left it on the stand for too long on a cheap stand. I've heard of I've heard of stands damaging nitro finish on the back. Oh, of, constantly! Of yeah, bags. you hear the all, especially on like the old hangers. What were the or those orange ones? The, Remember or, the, the orange weird like it's like, like a plastic or like fucking rubber tourniquet rubber. Yes, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Those in particular would gas off. Yeah, and, and, and meld with the. So, you, nitro. dude, I can't tell you how many guitars there were in CME like old vintage oh. instruments that that would come in. We would see and like they'd be on a hanger yep. on the wall, and they all had that those like. Just like the ring marks on the just under yep. the bottom of the headstock. Oh no! Yeah, just from hanging there. Just from hanging on those on those fucking weird, gross World War II tourniquets. Yeah, yeah. I'm embarrassed to admit, but I definitely have some damage. Hey, do you? We didn't know. Do you? Well, I mean, not directly. I mean, we talked about it in the show one time. I had my SG must have fallen out of my guitar boat and it, the headstock oh, cracked. Yeah, I like, was there when that. We were there when we discovered that. Yeah, in real time. But I, I don't know what happened. You know, yeah, it could have just cracked on its own spontaneously. Maybe a ghost, maybe a ghost. did it. Um, so even like, so they're also talking about like if something falls off a stand. I guess it like depends that. on how good the story is, yeah, you know. Right? Because if it had been a Hercules stand, there, I know that it wouldn't have fallen off. I mean, I remember seeing some on some base forums where they were like, they might have left it on the stand for like a year, yeah, and it was like caked on foam on the back of a neck, you know, and like an old. Oh, it just or it, it it burns like you said the the outer nitro it just burns right through it. Wow, but not on a Hercules stand. Well, they would never do do something like that to your <laughs> instrument, Dave. Um, one last one, one last piece of gear I want to talk about. That's also sort of it's been it's been coming out, and I think now they've they've, they've decided to finally push it out because Nam uh, is here. And this is interesting, and it's sort of um, you said I I didn't get a chance to really look at. It. You sent me a link to some other weird MIDI controller earlier that like I haven't had a chance to add on here yet. But there's another weird MIDI controller that I did want to talk about okay. here. Uh, and we actually I, I'm quite sure, and we've talked about a lot of stuff on this show. But I'm quite sure we talked about the original version of this. We're talk we're about to talk about the Artifon Orba Two. Okay. Those don't sound like real words, but they are Artifon Orba Two. I'm pretty sure we talked about the Orbo one or just Orba at the time, but okay. who's to say? I might have just read about it. So I'm excited about this date because it is this little circular handheld device. There's, you know, it's wireless, right? It's battery powered and charged. I think whatever. I've seen this. And it was, it's the original was this handheld. It was like a synthesizer looper MIDI controller thing, yeah. which is super cool in itself. I mean, it, it's it's like just this little handheld device that, at, at the t- for that one, I would have called it. I would have called it a, a neat musical curiosity. Sure, I wouldn't have called it necessarily a serious instrument, perhaps More of a toy, maybe. Or and something. that might be ignorance on my part, mm-hmm. but closer to toy than professional instrument. Sure. And I might say that from what I've seen about this new version, I think that they've kind of bridged the gap into something that is much more useful in ser- for a serious musician. I saw this demo today. 
You did. Well, the one that I sent you first, which we can talk about next week. Yeah. Or whatever, yeah. Um, they must have known that I clicked on it, the socials and all the. And you got another weird. The government controller. saw me, and then they sent, and then like two scrolls down, there was another ad for that. So it's like a little ball almost right yes it's kind of like a a, yeah it's it's spherical on the bottom but then it's flattened on the top and it's got eight buttons on the top the original it had internal sounds and a circular playing service that surface uh but it also has it reacts in multiple types of gestures oh uh, nine different so you can tap press radiate i don't know what that means tilt shake spin vibrato move and bump it's like a bump it dude remember those things back it slap it Jerk okay. it, bump Grip it, it. <laughs> uh, dude. This is so cool. So, so I'm so glad that you, all still exists. This That's also yeah. there, but not, and and like I said, it had this built-in synthesizer. Yeah. It, but you were, it was kind of the reason that I think it's taking the next step is the original felt much more limited to me. You kind of were were stuck with the synthesizer sounds that were built in, which are sure. cool. But like, I wanted a little more control. And now this version two, Orba two, it has record. And it, you can record directly to it, right. and you also has the option to import your own sounds. Nice to create custom instruments and play on there as well. That sounds so fun. Here is the, th- the here is so that's all amazing, right? Yes. But here is the thing that I am actually really excited about. This thing is a freaking wireless MIDI controller. Oh shit! So you can do all sorts of weird, goofy MIDI control stuff for all any of your MIDI compatible devices such as your computer or anything you have from the comfort of your own couch from the comfort of your couch or on stage while you're dancing around like right. a matches man whoa yeah dude uh how are you like how are your because here's the thing i watched the demo on it. it was very impressive mm-hmm. um but how are your how are your finger drum skills because i feel like that's the part that gets me like, oh I, yeah. i'm not i'm not good enough at the finger drums you know? i don't know how i would be on the orba i'm pretty decent on my my ableton yeah. push yeah the push to the over there i'm I'm certainly i would not call myself a finger drummer i right. can play drums can and lock it and in do it enough but to like, do like a loop and then for sure but yeah. I, like you, when you see real people do it i would not put myself in that league yeah, yeah, yeah. i don't know how i would do on these like nine circular pads but i think probably you get okay. used to it yeah and because it, it's got a the looper built in so it's like you know it's you can start like you can layer and yeah. do all that sort of stuff right and i should mention the midi is not just midi it's also mpe which uh, don't remember what that's multiple f- something expression. I, I Basically, it's like MIDI times five, where you get can do things in multiple directions instead of just X Y. You can oh. like do pressure and Z. There's it's it just you can do things in space and right. and be much more in control of of, of what you want to do, and it does it in this device. I'll add. Uh, so the original was a hundred bucks. Okay. This one they've they've bumped it up. It's now 150. So it's not. The, I would not call this expensive. It's in got any a lot way. more features than the first one, though, for sure. What, much more uh, agreed. And it also, I don't know. It might make people take it a little more seriously too. Like yeah. a, a higher price point might kind of encourage one. And the to, original uh, probably wasn't wireless. I would guess it was. Oh, it, it was, was also. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, and and again, it still has the full MIDI controller support, multiple gestures, yeah. which like that, that in itself being able to just like. Because there have been other things people would hack Nintendo Wiimotes to like right. do that sort of stuff, but like just to like for a hundred and fifty dollar device, just to like mess with it, and that like in itself, it and, and to like control my MIDI stuff with a weird really handheld cool. device, like I, I there's there's nothing that's gonna stop. Kind of need one, it. man. I yeah. Have to, and Are they out? They're it's it's available now. Oh shit. Yeah. I yeah, know. dude. 
So I'm going to see if any of my friends that give me their discounts are, are selling it. And then if not, I might just have to buy it for They're freaking full the, price. Which, straight from the source. It's not, it's not, it is not every day that I am encouraged to buy something full price, but <laughs> it should tell you how exciting this is. Yeah. That's so it. funny you mentioned it, man. Cause yeah, I, I watched the whole demo and I was like, this is the coolest fucking thing. I re- I, re- I read someone refer to it as a little MPE grapefruit. And so uh, I think, I mean, who doesn't want to have just a little grapefruit in their, in their rig? Dude, I love it. You're a little grapefruit. Yeah. <laughs> Do you like grapefruits? <laughs> I don't like really like grapefruit. I don't really. No. They're my, it's by far my least favorite. I like citrus. grapefruit in like cocktails, maybe, but yeah, I don't eat a grapefruit. This is we're we're gonna do one last little side tangent here. Have you ever heard of Miracle Berry? No. Okay. Is there a new it. fruit that I've never heard of? It yeah, it is actually. Oh, man. Uh, well, I wouldn't this. call it, I wouldn't call it new, but we're gonna wrap new today to on this Miracle Berry talk. <laughs> so I actually have it in my. I think I might have some. I don't know if it's it's probably old as fuck, okay. honestly. So basically, it's. Uh, an extract it's a it's a it's a uh yeah my brain is fucking melting right now it is a a distillation of the miraculum fruit which i guess grows in special places in africa and whatnot but essentially what it is you take this fruit you turn it down get down to a powder they make a pill out of it you put this thing on your tongue and it sort of like dissolves and then the way they describe it and i would say this is apt it flips your taste buds Whoa. For instance, you can now, and I thought of it because of the grapefruit, what I would describe as a very bitter taste. Yes, indeed. Now tastes like the sweetest sugar. What? Yes. You can take a bite of lemon and it is fucking heavenly delicious. No. Yeah. So you taste everything in a whole new way. You sure do. What? Not everything tastes good. Sure. Uh, I discovered like alcohol and wine were not a good combination. In fact, now that I think about it, do you remember the restaurant? Uh, here in Chicago called Next. Yes, I do. Was it Next? They were hip. It was the same. It was like by the same people who did a vac and all that stuff. Oh, I can't remember. I w- there used to be a restaurant and I'm, it's, I can't, I don't think it was Next actually, no. but it was Chef Omar Ocantu's restaurant and it was based around the Miracle Berry and you'd go and so it'd be like, okay, here is this oyster dish. Eat it, eat the oyster normally and then take the Miracle Berry and then Eat the, the, eat the next one thing and it's planned a completely it. the whole menu wow. is built around it. i went to cool. i remember i went to like there it was like a fancy you know yeah. coursing sort of place but sure. then they had like i went to like the rock and roll menu they had where it would be like the same menu for a month or whatever right, right. and i remember going to the rock and roll one and wearing a metallica t-shirt and they and the guy and my server told me he had the same shirt nice. but uh it was one of the coolest dining experiences of my life and since then i have exposed many people throughout where can i get this i'm on amazon dog really yeah huh Miracle Berry. It's kind of expensive. It's like maybe twenty bucks for but it's a, capsule, a 12, said, th- right? 12 pack. But dude, I'm telling you, fucking you bust it up like bust it out at a party. You have to have like oh, some lemons. Blowing people's minds. Or grapefruit or something sort of bitter to like. That really everybody kind it. of agrees is like, yeah, like a and lemons you, are definitely sour. And then you do it lasts maybe like depending on how much you eat, maybe like ten or fifteen minutes. It's not like okay. a very long thing. It sort Good of goes away. And it like wears off, you know. Yeah. But uh it is incredible it's you're like you're tasting this the sweetest most tasty i feel thing like i've world. heard of this but man i and it's and it's not really you're not even it. on drugs that's like drugs it's it's like it's like sober drugs <laughs> dude sober drugs i've joined that band it's a good band name oh wow i don't know how we got there but i'm glad we did my friend we made it we made it that was it <sighs> that went by fast yeah, and it was still, it's still a little bit of a beefer, but nothing compared to that last week. That was, oh, baby. We were, my butt was sweating last week. <laughs> we were sitting so long. 
I ran out of water. That was how long it was. Not we today. It's here. a little. It's got a chilly in here today to turn it's the nice. air off. It's nice. Well, I'm glad you think it's nice. Well, I also I think you're nice, Dave. I think you are. And too. I had a great time Me recording too, this year episode of our our show together today. So, folks, if you made it this far, why don't you go make some music? Go. Cool.